Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the People Project Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Alexander, and each week I will be bringing you episodes on different topics that affect us all in different ways, internally, externally, or sometimes both. I created this podcast to talk about people because everyone has a story worthy of being told. Last week, I was joined by Liz Jimenez, and we talked about light and dark and mental health and like all this cool stuff. And this week I am joined by my friend Ray. Uh, we talked about, we talked about one Ray last week um, that you know, was in part of the Star Wars universe. Now we're going to talk with a Ray who's in like my little sphere of the universe. Um, and we're going to talk about anger and overcoming it and incorporating it into your daily life. Um, so without further ado, Ray, thank you for joining me. Hi, I am so excited to be here. And I know that's probably not the appropriate reaction to have for someone who's about to talk about anger. Hey, but... this is great. This is good. It's a good sign. But I'm like thinking now how I reacted to that. I was like, people are going to be like this nutcase. <laughs> She's going to talk about anger. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Credible. Sure. Right. But well, um, yeah, if you I do want to start. Say... Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for having me. And Absolutely. like, Second and first and foremost, I mean, I'm no expert, but if someone had met me in a past life, they may say that I'm an expert at being a bitch. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that because it's like, I know I'm allowed to cuss on here, but I don't want to be self-deprecating, but it's Uh, true. Yeah. So, um, I just have gone through life and figured out some ways to help situations that get really sticky and really spicy because life isn't easy. And anger is probably one of our first, right? Correct. (laughs) Well, anger is probably one of the first things that we jump to, but there's a lot more going on and we're going to get into it (laughs) through me. And I hope everybody's comfortable living vicariously through me. Um, I know that I am, and I just really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story. I love what you're doing. Um, there's a lot of things I love about this one <laughs> that I am free to let a few little cusses slip and slide. Absolutely. Yeah. Be you. I, want I know. You to I was just like, say what Kelsey you say. is the appropriate person <laughs> for this to happen with. She's the perfect person for this to happen with. So yeah. All right. Let's do this. Let's dig in. Yeah. If you want to start by like, just kind of saying like who you are, like, I guess, where you're from and where you are now because you are not living where you're from and no yeah a little bit of a background on you I've done a lot of jumping around and I've worn a lot of hats in my life because I like to do a lot of things (laughs) I like to have a lot of identities and we'll go into that too so uh like why did I feel to speak on anger and like see the last page. There have been times (laughs) in my life where people I probably angered because of how I felt inside. Mm-hmm. And I felt called because, yeah, I do feel a little bit of shame and things like that because of that. So there's a little bit of quote unquote atonement to be made. You know, I still feel the need to reach out to those people that I've affected through my lack of healing yeah. that I have really angered and really hurt with things that I've said because I was hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I that think you said that, that it was, you know, like it's about healing. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, I'm a bad person. So I'm angry. It's like, no, it's, it's part of a healing process. It's part of like the journey of life. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And 
that's kind of how I see people who have fits of rage now, including Mm -hmm. myself, because (laughs) anything that you say to someone else, you need to say to yourself, Mm -hmm. um, is they're really just having a moment and I need to give them that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to get synopsized that. really, Love really that. well <laughs> later on. Um, but then, so I also, again, I knew this would be the perfect place to share my story because not everyone gets that privilege. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the people that I've felt are interacting with your podcast are amazing. Your listeners are really interactive and they care and they deserve mm-hmm. to hear They're things awesome. like this. Yes, they are. Yeah. And I mean, not like, you know, I listen to, so I guess I'm part of <laughs> so that, yeah, but, you are awesome too. <laughs> but I'm also in like great company, like your mom listens. So she's yeah, cool. She's, she's awesome. She's going to be like, Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Um, but I also have to say that yesterday I had a bit of an awakening of probably like not a lot of people may know how much anger I've had in my mm-hmm. life because yeah. my cousin, Catherine, <laughs> I have to call her out for a minute because she was like, I'm definitely going to listen because I don't see, I don't know that I've ever seen you angry. And I didn't share this with her, but I thought of it when I was writing down some stuff, I thought she's not remembering the bathtub incident Oh no! when we were five years old. She's a year and a half older than me. And I was always in the middle of her and her twin sister. Mm-hmm. So I'm already younger. There's two of them. They say they don't beat up on me, but they lied. Okay. This <laughs> anger came from somewhere. Anyways, we're in the bathtub like you do with your cousins when you're younger mm-hmm. and Catherine pisses me straight off. What do I do? I grab her by the hair and I slam her head into the bathtub. Oh no. Yes. Like a straight savage because I was, and because kids are savages. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just think back on that and I'm like, wow, it's really glad somebody disciplined me after that. (laughs) Cause this could have been a whole different life story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, and I just had a bunch of people telling me that I give advice all the time and people say, you should do this professionally. Like they take (laughs) me by the hand and by the face and they're like, please do this. And I'm like, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like a call out to all of those people who have been in my corner and who have, you know, encouraged me. Um, but yeah, so everyone does have a story and Mm -hmm. that's where your anger is rooted. Your anger is rooted in all of the things that you've been through, all of the things that you haven't healed through. And it's rooted in the phrase, you know, hurt people, hurt people, Mm -hmm. comma, hurt people. That's it. Um, and giving a little bit of background on my story, you know, Oh, let's see here. I have like all the steps to work through it. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. But um, when you find yourself in a moment that is angry and you're boiling, you're fuming because you feel that way all the time, Mm -hmm. but you just never tell anybody, um, you have to acknowledge it. First Mm -hmm. off, you have to give it a name. If it's anger, it's anger and that's okay. But then you have to figure out why and what your anger is. So you have to give it another name. You've got an onion and you've got the first layer off that you're just pissed. Mm -hmm. What's the next part? Why? Why are you mad? And if you don't figure that out, it's going to come back and it's going to bite you in the butt. I tell Mm -hmm. people all the time and I've heard it on 
you know, health podcasts and actually, you know, true crime murder podcasts that I listen to, but the body keeps the score. And that's what anger is. It's a score that you're keeping in your body. Mm-hmm. It's all of this stress and it's all of this tension. It's all of these receipts that you're keeping mm-hmm. on people or on yourself. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I could think of like a CVS length receipt that keeps a knot in the top <laughs> of my shoulders. You know, if I could to unroll it, you would see all of these things that I'm holding more against myself than anybody mm-hmm. else, but it's still there. And yeah. so if it's there and you're not talking about it, then it's going to start getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, most of the anger that I have, it stems through what I've been through and then also what I cannot, I'm putting this in air quotes, everybody, what <laughs> I cannot let go of. <laughs> that is one of my most least favorite problematic phrases from one of my favorite second coming queens, Elsa. Like you just can't <laughs> let it go. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Until you show yourself. <laughs> Hey, there we go. Right. Until you have your moment and you're true to who you are, you can't let go of all this anger that's inside of you. Mm -hmm. I urge everyone after this, please go watch Frozen and Frozen 2 in succession this afternoon. Both of them. Both of them this afternoon. And then go to BetterHelp and find a therapist. Yes. Um, so like how did I get here? How did I have this breakthrough moment of like wow, you have been angry for so long and that's what it's been. And that's why you have this simmer of like a trash fire under your skin every second of the day. And all it takes is one person saying one thing wrong or one thing going wrong. And you're Mm -hmm. like, this is it. I'm done. (laughs) Full on meltdown or full on freak out, like whichever one you have, there's different Mm -hmm. ways that you can be angry. Yeah. And for me, it came while listening to my favorite murder with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Have to, because they are therapy in themselves. And Mm -hmm. Karen suggests a lot of good books that resonate with me because she is not a stranger to saying she's an angry woman. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, mm-hmm, yeah, I can be spicy. Watch it. You know, <laughs> she just comes with this warning, but she's also a very loving and a very vulnerable mm-hmm. person. So I feel and like I think I a lot of tr- people don't realize that that like they hear like, oh, I'm an angry person. And they like forget that like someone that, you know, that you see is this like loving, warm, gentle, kind person mm-hmm. can still have like this. Go, this anger going on and it's just yeah. they you know you not everybody sees every part of you and I think that's mm-hmm. that's what we need to realize with each other so often is like we choose what we show other people Amen. And yeah. so one we should like the people that are like that we look close to us don't hide things from them so that's mm-hmm. one big thing um, but also is like you know give each other grace and be gentle with each other because you don't know what somebody is like you know, keeping close to them. You never know. You never know what Mm -hmm. someone's going through ever, ever. And like, even the people closest to you, you know, you hear stories all the time of, because I'm a true crime fan, I'm going to try not to mention it constantly, but like you hear stories all the time, unfortunately, of women being battered or worse. And their best friends are like, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no clue. People closest to them. I mean, like 
freaking uh, Anne Rule, I think, is the crime writer that maybe sat next to Ted Bundy and had no idea he was a serial killer. Right. Like you, you, <laughs> you have no idea what these people are, who they yeah. are. You because you don't know who you are. Right. You know, you're out of touch with your intuition. You have no gut to trust. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that's too like it brings it back. Even I think Anne Rule said like, "Hi." Now looking back and now being more in touch with myself, I can trust my intuition and know mm-hmm. these things to be true. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> whew, yeah, we're gonna get into it. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I know, and prepping like I'm all this is all the work up to a big story and something that's gonna open a lot of people's eyes. But I also have to. This is probably a timestamp to go to the beginning, but. I have to give props to, again, the people that you brought onto your podcast, because there was one in particular, Mr. Tyrone Graham. He even said in the episode, Tyrone, Tyrone, we would be really good buds. I hope you agree. Um, (laughs) He's like, guys, you have to give this one a second listen because there are so many good things being said. And I was like, buddy, you're right. So yesterday I was cleaning and I listened to y'all again. And you guys were (laughs) right because he said something about the phrase, the wee hours of the moment. And I was like, I mm-hmm. love that. That's one of the Tyrone's most genius things so I've many, ever heard. Like little things like that. that I'm just know. like, dude. I know it just immediately brought me to a really crappy patio table at 3 a.m. with somebody <laughs> like, you know, it's always right. happened, but I love that phrase. So, yeah. and also your courage, sharing your story and everything that you're going through. And also that not everyone needs your whole story. Again, reiterating mm-hmm. that because it's important, but yeah. yeah. it's in my choice, day, what I share. Absolutely. In this day and age where we're urged and almost required, it feels like to share everything or to share only the good. And then if you mm-hmm. share too much of the bad, you're about, ba- you're like out of balance. And mm-hmm. there are these imaginary scales everywhere. Oh yeah. I don't really give a rat's patoot about a scale anymore, you know, except for any type of scale, none at all, none, unless you're like weighing my food at the deli. Like that's the only scale I care about. Let me get that deal at Publix. But (laughs) so I have this hopes of driving a message that I'm going to share, you know, my truth and processing still what's happening to me. Um, it's just all part of being an angry person is processing what you have. But, um, so my breaking point is really, really touchy and a really, really triggering thing, but I don't mind sharing it because it was part and in part to a huge movement of women saying me too. So, you know, I was, I'm 30 now. No shame. Hey, 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 Shout it's out 30. 30 flirty and thriving, baby. That's I tell right. you what, <laughs> Um, I saw that dress online, by the way, the one that she wore when she yeah, danced I almost Thriller. bought it. My you did too? Were, yeah. My mm-hmm. boobs she were almost like, got me. Yeah. I, I sent a picture to one of my friends and she was like, I love you. I respect you. I know you could do anything you want, but you'll have uh, a Janet Jackson moment with that dress. If you wear yes. it, it's like, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. She said, she said but I you know, know what, I will if be... you want it, <laughs> she said, I'll it. know that be that friend. That'll be on patrol all night. And I'll have to be like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're out. Hey. <laughs> right. So, she didn't want that I, for herself yep. and I don't blame her. Exactly. Exactly. It's still in my yes. saved for later on Amazon, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it's Oh fine. heck yeah. Because there's always a party moment where you're like last minute costume, maybe could sure. pull it off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so here I am a 30 year old woman. This happened 27. 
I had the moment, I think it was of me too. Maybe the timing's a little off because mm-hmm. my memory again is a, like hazy and foggy because yeah. of everything that's happened. But during the Brett Kavanaugh trial, mm-hmm. I was at a family function and an uncle said that Christine Ford slash all survivors were liars and that they right. could not be believed. It was a very common phrase that was getting thrown around either on social media or in the predominantly males like work area mm-hmm. that I was in at the time. And, mm-hmm. but it stung a lot more coming yeah. from an uncle. And so through anger, I looked at him and I said, it's been 15 years since my assault. Would you believe my story? And he said verbatim without knowing the whole thing. No. And I had a full on panic attack because this is a man that has raised me. Yeah. This this isn't a random person off the street. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, he's an uncle. He's somebody I respected and who respected me. And then all of a sudden that was gone in a second. Yeah. And not just that I was out. My story Mm -hmm. was out because I hadn't shared it with anybody. Yeah. Over the last year I had started going to therapy and had only shared it with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brandon. <laughs> Probably a HIPAA violation of some kind, but I don't care because That's he's fine. amazing. He's um he really helped me get there. And so yeah. I was in the middle of it when this whole thing happened and I was going through the realizations and like honestly the nerve endings were wide open. Mm-hmm. anything right. could have at that moment set me off mm-hmm. and it did mm-hmm. big time. I looked him in his face and I just turned red and I said, you, sir, are a disgrace. You have my respect. You don't have my respect anymore. I can't even stand to look at you right now because you yeah. have validated everything I've ever told myself is wrong with me. Yeah. And you've just disintegrated me to nothing. Yeah. I may not have said all of that, but I definitely, but like in your head, that's all that matters. Well, and yes. I feel like, I feel like that's such a common reaction that, you know, we see that we saw at the first of the Me Too movement. And then like, you know, with all the stuff that's going on with like Simone Biles and the other yeah. gymnasts and like both publicly, like, you know, on that type of level and with people like in our own lives is, mm-hmm. um, and you know, without getting into too much, like I've experienced the same thing is mm-hmm. it's like, well, but I don't know the whole story. And it's like, okay, right. You might not, but, but you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, if you're in my life, you care about me, respect me. You don't need to know the whole story. And whether you're in my life or not, you don't need to know the whole story mm-hmm. to say, okay, like that's, that's your truth. That's, that is what it is, you know? And it's, you know, it's not our jobs to play judge, jury and executioner, you know? No, that's why there's a judicial system in place and it's flawed, but (laughs) right. right. Um, but if, you know, if somebody says that they've been through something, don't invalidate that, just love them, support them, be there for them and like, give them a safe space to, Mm. to be open and be vulnerable because it's not an easy thing to talk about. Right. And that's exactly what this next part is, is like, you know, my story was out because of what he said Mm -hmm. in relation to something he had been ignited with on social media. Mm -hmm. That's so sad. I'm his niece and he's watched me, he's raised me and, um, but you know, there it was. And now I had to tell my parents 
now oh, I had man. to tell the story yeah. to my mom and my dad because I had to explain why I ignited on my uncle. Yeah. And at first they were like full on parent mode, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did you say that to him? Mm-hmm. You know, thinking I was in the wrong. Well, then right. I told my full story. I could only tell it to my mom because mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't tell something like that to dad. Because he, um, he might uh, end up in a uh... Yeah, prison. he might end up in jail. Yep. Actually, mom probably would have too. Mom, <laughs> mom more so. Dad is the reason I can speak on these things. Yeah. Dad is the reason he's a family. Oh, shoot. I know I'm going to get this wrong. He has his master's in some sort of counseling. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I got a lot of how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so telling mom and dad was not easy and it was hard and it made me so. And for about two whole weeks, I was wrecked. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't just like, I I can't be wrecked. I have a job and I front facing, like I was in retail. I had no choice. And I was in a male dominated industry where quite frankly, I was sexualized every day of my life. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like being put back into that place all over again. And it really stung and it hurt. So in processing it and then trying to get through it, Brandon was like, I was like, I'm just so angry. And he goes, you're, you're, you're not angry. I mean, you are, but you're also in grief. Mm. You're grieving. And I was like, Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> you know, having one of those moments on his little two seater couch, looking at mm. all his little tchotchkes in his office, yeah. that are supposed to make you feel happy and they do, but on the inside, you're like, I'm just a little kid that didn't yeah. get the things she needed. Um, <laughs> But yeah. And then, you know, so part of that ties back into you and how you treat people and Mm -hmm. they don't realize either you're in anger or you're witnessing anger. You don't realize that it's grief and you don't realize that it comes in so many shapes, sizes, forms. And thanks to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in 1969, it comes in stages. She's Mm -hmm. the one that said, Hey, there's a reason that when somebody dies or when something bad happens, you go through like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. of just stuff. Mm -hmm. So like she put it into denial, bargaining, depression, anger, and acceptance, like Mm -hmm. boom, easy peasy, right? Right. No, not really. Because not everybody goes through those the same way. Yeah, It's not linear. It's not like this step into this step into this step. There's no time frame on it either. You know, I think with yeah. any sort of grief situation, um, whether, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, th- I feel like sometimes people hear grief and they're like, Oh, someone died, but like, that's yep. not always the case. Yep. Um, there are so many things that you can, you can grieve through and grieve from. And, um, just, you know, just a reminder to everyone listening, grief is not linear. Give yourself grace, give the people in your life grace. And remember that there's no timeline on it either, that it could take years, weeks, months, days, It takes however long it takes. Right. And like, so yeah, someone may not have died in real life. Right. But this ties really well into the lesson that this therapist taught me. He said, okay, well, it was actually a really cool story and it's probably going to make me cry because it was one of the coolest moments. I've cried on here a bunch of times. I know, I know. And I'm such a big cry baby. Like, (laughs) Hey, you're in good company. (laughs) I know it's good. It's good. This is my people. So, um, he, let me tell you real quick how I met him just so that people can understand that therapy is freaking awesome. (laughs) It's such a cool experience. It's just like, not to sound like, you know, 
hippy dippy, but I am a little bit into the universe and thinking that there's a connection mm-hmm. to people. There's a connection to the, the purpose be what behind things happening. So mm-hmm. I was in this turmoil in my life and finally decided, okay, I need to go talk to somebody outside of my circle who can handle this and give me some, uh, mechanics behind what's happening. Right. Um, cause I'm a brass tax person. I like to know ABC what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm also a web MD person. That's problematic. Oh no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, I sign up and they tell me, all right, so Brandon's going to be talking with you. And I was like, Oh no, it's a guy. It's a guy. Why <laughs> is it a guy? Like randomly yeah. out of this whole right. office. Are you yeah. freaking serious? And right. I'm going to open up about all this stuff. No, here comes this man with a beautiful pepper gray, like mid aged beard with Mm -hmm. a ponytail. Okay. But very, very clean cut. And then Mm -hmm. he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And I was like, I love that brother. Right. So then I get closer. It's not a Hawaiian shirt. It's freaking Chewbacca in a Hawaiian shirt pattern. Amazing. I know. So like, I was like shaking, I was freaking out. And then I saw it and I went into full on Ray mode and I went, your shirt is amazing. (laughs) And he was like, thank you so much. This is one of my favorites. And I just felt like wearing it today, you know, in the perfect little therapist way. Right. And, um, but we walk in and this is several weeks of sessions into it, but Mm -hmm. he's finally like, this is the time to drop this truth bomb on her because I had probably needed to hear it since the beginning, Mm -hmm. but because we're so fragile at the start of those things, they take their time with us as they should. And it's, patience as we should show everybody. But, um, you know, I'm looking around his office full sob. And I was like, Brandon, what's that? Who's the statue behind your desk? Cause he's got all these characters in his office and some of them I can place and some of them I can't, but I pretend like I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Oh, that's not a character. I actually had that commissioned. And I was like, okay, fancy pants. What is right. it though? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like dropping the word commissioned. Right. Um, it was, it looked kind of like the silver surfer, but mm-hmm. like he had a regular skin on before he became the silver surfer. Hmm. And so the whole base was like this man just clawing his way out of this suit. And it looked like it was full metal. Like Mm -hmm. it was a suit of armor just being like ripped apart. Mm -hmm. Like you would with the jaws of life, getting someone out of a car when they need Mm -hmm. help. Ironically enough. And inside was this perfect crystallized human being that literally like the light would hit it in his office and it would be like a disco ball. This person inside would radiate light. Yeah. And so I I needed chills. (laughs) Yes. So I needed to know who is this person? Who is Mm -hmm. this? Like I look at it all the time because it was strategically placed. This man was a genius. Of course he was. He right. had like so many letters on his wall, like PhD, MD, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but he would sit over to the right side and then this crystallized statue was directly in front of you. And so um, I looked at it constantly and I'm a very much like I need an identity kind of mm-hmm. person because of what happened to me. I started to grab onto any identity I could. Mm-hmm. Let me try to be in band. Let me try to make friends that way. Let me try yep. to make, let me try to find love that way. Let me Girl, say it like it's honest. Choir. Right. 
Um, so all of that spiraled into my armor, all of that spiraled into my just prickly anger that came Mm -hmm. out in middle school, that came out in high school and that came out in the beginning of college. Anyone that probably encountered me during those years and is maybe listening because they're like, yeah, I knew her. (laughs) Or they're like, she couldn't be angry because they know me now because Mm -hmm. they know who I've grown into Mm -hmm. and they know who I am accepting myself as now. But during those, we'll call them the dark ages. (laughs) I was grieving something, but guess what? I was stuck in denial for 15 Mm -hmm. years. I didn't put a name to what was going on with me until I was 27 years old, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't 27 anymore. I was 13 again. Mm -hmm. So not only did I go through all of those dark times, I relived them. Mm -hmm. And then I relived them into what surmounted with my uncle. Mm -hmm. So then that became a year of another angry wave. And I didn't post to social media. I didn't talk to my friends. I barely talked to my family. That one was the worst Mm -hmm. because I wasn't using my anger as a protection. I was using it as self-loathing. I was Mm -hmm. using it as a way to say, you wasted so much time. Mm -hmm. Just being in denial and acting like you were strong, acting like you had it all together and just, just giving it to anybody who said you did it. You know, really Mm -hmm. giving the business to people who probably didn't deserve it. Um, so, um, you know, compounding onto what happened to me, I was engaged at a very young age because we're all a little young and dumb. Mm -hmm. Right. And he decided he wanted to go and be with someone else that he worked with at the target of all places, target, my freaking sanctuary. And you're going to make that a toxic place for me. (laughs) Very rude. Very rude. Guess what? Um, but you know, so then I was engaged. He left me. Well, then I'm like, Oh, I'm in denial that anything ever happened to me. I'm a young 20 something year old. So I'm kind of going to throw myself into the arms of anything that comes along. Mm -hmm. We've all kind of been there. We've all had our moments and sometimes they have their place because sometimes you need that empowerment just to keep your feet on the ground, Mm -hmm. just to keep your head on straight. It's not healthy. I don't always condone it, but I am one to say, do your own thing, girl, or they, or whoever you are, do your damn thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but do it in a way that keeps you healthy. So Mm -hmm. throughout all of this, throughout all of the relationships that I poured myself into trying to make up for all of the anger I was feeling, I made all of these identities for myself. And this is where my favorite part of social media comes into play the saved folder. Oh, I love it. I put my, yes, of course. I have one. Yes. Always very chaotic. Oh my <laughs> gosh. You should, I was about to be like, I have a folder for this, but I also have Amazing. a folder for everything else in my life. Amazing. I love it. Yes. So let's see here. Okay. I read this many, 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 many years ago, and that's what kind of hit me over the head. So Keep in mind, I was a person who had become an identity of, I'm going to wear all black because if I don't wear color, no one thinks that I can be a happy person. And so I don't have to fake it. Mm. I am going to put studs on everything I have so that (laughs) everyone knows I'm literally prickly. 
I will become the tiger by the tail, quote unquote. That's what Mm a Tennessean relative called me (laughs) when I was a teenager. She said, girl, you're a tiger by the tail. And I said, (laughs) I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm going to keep that. Right. So I do love the positive aspects of Mm -hmm. that, but I was associating myself with like, yeah, I'm a tiger and I'm going to rip your head off. There's no need for that. Ma'am, calm down. Calm down. Girl. Girl, (laughs) What really needed to be said to me was, do you need a hug? Yeah. Who hurt you? Because the answer is yes. Um, So that became my whole identity. And this thing that I found from a guy named Jeff Brown's soul shaping, I really feel like someone else in my life shared this and I'm going to take full credit for it, but that's social media. (laughs) So it says, it took me years to understand that many of us are more afraid of happiness than misery because misery and martyrdom have an inherent safety about them. One is never particularly vulnerable, nor at risk of disappointment. Unhappiness becomes a security blanket a way to armor ourselves against deep feeling. And well, holy shit. I know. Right. (laughs) Holy shit is right. Because when I read that, I was in the throes of all of this, all of this, I saved this years ago and I'm so glad that I get to bring it back. (laughs) But, But what's funny is I think of that and literally the, the phrase unhappiness becomes a security blanket pulls little bitty Ray with her little pixie cut right to the (laughs) forefront because for years I had this ratty ass pink blanket (laughs) and it had holes in it. Just they had, they were strategically placed and I wore it Mm -hmm. as a cape. Like, you know, it it became a fun security blanket, but I also like got a Linus from the peanuts t-shirt for a joke one year for Christmas, because that was my identity, a literal Mm -hmm. security blanket. I don't know how much more metaphorical I could have gotten as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was long before any of what I've already talked about happened. Mm -hmm. So like all of those steps were already in place. So then, you know, something traumatic happens and it's like, (laughs) what? I have to to graduate college. I have to go into the real world. (laughs) Oh my God. What? How am I going to do that? I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) So, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, an identity can be anger an identity can be trauma, but Mm -hmm. that's not who you are. That's not your true self. That is not the crystal statue inside of you ripping that armor off Mm -hmm. is the true armor on the outside. Exactly. You, it's your literal spikes. It's, Mm -hmm. it's your RBF. (laughs) Like I, I know sometimes that's unhelpable, but I will say my RBF has subsided thanks to a good steady prescription of joy and vulnerability. Like if you're not unhappy, it's not going to show. Right. So, but, um, (laughs) then there's one that's kind of funny and it says, y'all think that cold hearted shit make you strong. You're pouring evil energy into your own space. You will continue to attract poison. Guess what? How many toxic boyfriends did I have in my life? Cause I was attracting poison. Not yeah. that I want to talk slam and trash about all my boyfriends, but it's also because I was an angry person could not help my relationship because I didn't know how to deal. Right. When you're in denial, you mm-hmm. cannot have anything else. You cannot have any other emotion. If all you feel is anger, right? If all you're allowing in is that anger, then you're not going to have the joy. Right. Well, and I touched on this a little bit in the episode with Tyrone, but like, yep. you know, I was in a, um, a very abusive relationship in high school and that ended. And then I, you know, I was like, oh, well, my identity is like what I can do for a man. Like that's, yep. 
that's who I am. So I went through this cycle of like super toxic, like, I don't even know if the word would be relationships, but for lack of a better term relationships. And then, you know, I moved away from Memphis. I moved, you know, to Kentucky and then, you know, I met someone that, you know, long story short, ended up not being the right Right. person. But, um, you know, because I didn't have any identity, I was like, oh, this group of people, people want to be around them. Mm -hmm. I want to be loved and I want people to want to be around me. I'm not going to cry. We're not going to do this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Can I tell you a funny story? Can I tell you a funny story that'll make you feel a little less like I will share my awkward with you. So this is one that's going to make a lot of people, if you get empathetic awkwardness, brace yourself. <laughs> if you're one of those people that watches the show and goes, Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. So here we yep. are sophomore year of college. I had gone into Western, um, as an advertising major, but I did not like the way that advertising in the world was going. I did not mm. see myself surprise, surprise. This person in denial didn't see yourself going well in a sexualized wow toxic world. I know. Right. Um, so then I threw a friend that I had known through high school who was also going to Western. She was like, you need to come to one of these get togethers with me. And it was the PJ get together. Oh no! like, it wasn't even a party. So it was literally something like, it was just a get together casual. I'm going to say casual, but we know what that casual can get to, you know, Uh like real fast. (laughs) Um, we had a game called stump. Like that's not a cool right. game. You throw <laughs> hammers and nails into a stump. Um, so here <laughs> I am parties. like, so- yeah, I know. Right. Um, so here I am like sophomore introvert, very still, very quiet. Mm-hmm. This was like pre, uh, well, no, this was in the throes of the engagement. So I was still identifying as like a betrothed. Mm-hmm. I was someone who was going to be a wife. I was not mm-hmm. somebody who was like, a likable, sociable person. Mm -hmm. I was just going to like quietly go into my residual residual. I was going to quietly go into my life as Mm -hmm. someone else's person. Mm -hmm. Um, so my dear friend, Miranda takes me to this get together and I see people just laughing and having a good time and accepting everyone. And like all of these like wild people are getting loved and accepted. And yeah, like there's, (laughs) there's a lot of like poking fun at one another, But for the most part, you could see that people were connected. You could see that that connection was there. And it hit me over the head that I did not have that connection in my Mm -hmm. life. I had nothing like that. Not even from the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. But guess who was still in denial on that too. And guess who (laughs) waited until the last minute to pull the plug on that one. Um, But So I see all of this. Here's where the residual awkwardness comes in. I have no people skills. I went to Christian Academy until fifth grade. Shout out. Shout out. What's up to all of my like private school nerds and awkward people. We don't have social skills. I'm so sorry. We sure don't. We don't. I don't have a filter. I don't have social skills. You just like ended your school career in like private yeah. school. Like you, you, you went have. to public school for like most of your schooling mm-hmm. or no, something. But, <laughs> no, but I was roped in for a majority of it. So I had no yeah. social skills, but I was also a person that like thrived in social media. I was like, mm-hmm. my space is a thing. Oh, yeah. I can code. Right. I can start talking <laughs> to people on instant messenger. I don't have yes. to like face to face. Exactly. Yes. <sighs> this is it. This is my place. Yeah. <laughs> not with these people. No, this right. girl went on Facebook and cold friend requested everyone. Oh, no. I saw at that party <laughs> that I met one time. 
And oh, some no. of these people weren't there, but they got suggested. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just want friends. I just want to yeah. make a connection with somebody. So I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah. I'm going to be Man, vulnerable. Familiar. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I got called out on it later on, but, mm-hmm. and I wasn't mad about it then either. Cause I was yeah. like, guess who's sitting in the same room as you, the girl Me. that risked it. Yeah. yeah. The, the girl <laughs> right. that you're talking to currently, like, yeah. I don't know why you're hating on me when I'm already in the club. Like, right. <laughs> so yeah, that like, do not feel bad one bit for needing yeah. connection for risking. It's risking right. your, your vulnerability on those things. But yeah, because that's, um, I mean, that, that at that point in my life, that's what I needed. And, you know, so I, I went for that and I lost, I, I completely changed myself and my identity to be what this group of people, what this, this mm-hmm. significant other wanted me to be, you know, or I thought they wanted me to be instead mm-hmm. of just being myself. And it wasn't until, you know, and, you know, I've told this story maybe on here, maybe I've just like told it to people so many times over the last, you know, like year, but, um, you know, I, I became a part of this like online community through like the challenge mania podcast and like all this other stuff. And, because I had this like safety of like being like on the internet, right. That I was fully myself. I could fully be myself. And then I went to the live event and I saw like that I could be accepted for who I am and exact, like not putting on any sort of show with any of these people. So then I came back home and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this in my regular life. Everyone was like hard pass. Who are you? What is this? And then that's when I had to, you know, get to the point where I decided like, okay, do I go back into my little shell or do I decide to like choose me and move on? And well, spoiler alert, I chose me. I moved on. Like I'm happier now than I've been in, you know, 30 years. It's amazing. When you Um, choose yourself, anger goes away. When you choose those things, that's what happens. And And the beautiful things that come to your life without you even having to like ask for them or look for them because you're just fully being yourself, choosing yourself, like you attract positive energy, you know, absolutely. like you attract what you're putting out into the universe. So, um, and I've learned that, you know, over the, you know, the last several months and, um, things went completely differently than I thought that they would. I mean, like the, yeah. the people that I thought were my friends, you know, um, in, you know, IRL, I guess, you know, um, most of them, some of them, um, just completely like yeeted themselves out of my lives. That's fine. Um, because I would rather that happen than like have fake friendships. Um, but you know, there are other people that I have had in my life for a long time, or like were new in my life that have just fully embraced me Mm -hmm. and like, they wouldn't have done that if I had not been vulnerable enough to like share what I was going through, share my experience and, um, you know, like just share who I am. And I'm still like every day, like waking up and reminding myself, like people love you for who you are. Just keep mm-hmm. being that because it's a, you know, I mean, it's a struggle. We, it's something, you know, everybody struggles with. And, yep. um, but yeah, you know, when, um, I'm, I'm learning that maybe I need to do like an episode on identity because like so many episodes recently have kind of like mm-hmm. tied to that. And, um, and, you know, just how, what are you rooting your identity in, you know? Mm-hmm. And two, I mean, you have to be careful once you become enlightened, it's very easy to make that your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very easy then in turn to be like, Oh, I'm going to lean on the body. Yeah. yeah. You're going to lean on the complete opposite end of that spectrum. And you're going to go from, um, like self-loathing to a really big ego. And mm-hmm. so, 
you, know, you don't find need a balance. Yes. You don't need to worry about anybody else's scales, but you do need to worry about your scales. You yeah. need to make sure that not only are you balancing mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. inviting these, all these emotions to the table to have dinner. Like, honestly, yeah. at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge everybody that came up mm-hmm. fear, yeah. whether you anger. want to or not. Yeah. Yes. Because you're going to be angry at your kids. You're going to be angry at your spouse. You're going to be angry at yourself. Because then you're sacrificing. I had a moment of not being seen. I had a moment of not being heard. And I didn't say anything. Mm. Because I sacrificed who I am. And I didn't say anything. I didn't voice what I really felt. Or I went with the common ground. I went with what everybody else was doing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't speak against it. So sometimes either you're quiet or you didn't speak against it you sacrifice yourself. Well, then you're kicking, you're kicking yourself for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That five minutes, that one sentence that could have been said, I'm sorry, that one word that could have been said, which is N O no, that boundary that could have been set suddenly Mm -hmm. becomes the monster on your back. So, you know, earlier you said people don't, think of grief in terms of, or they think of it only as someone has died. And it's not Mm -hmm. always that. Um, but it goes into a good other metaphor that grief kind of, I mean, it is a little bit, someone died, but that somebody was in you. Mm -hmm. It was whoever you had created. It was this alternative person, this protection Mm -hmm. that you made. That's who has to die. Yeah. And it's so hard because that's your identity. That has been your protection that as a little girl, that was the person that kept you going. Right. And suddenly she has to die. Yeah. What do you do after that? What do you do? You build up from the ground and you have to let go of all those people that made you feel embarrassed because you Mm -hmm. were vulnerable with them. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to let go of the people that you tried to fix because you couldn't fix yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask yourself, honestly, in this time is allowing anger and not being vulnerable and not being true to myself. Are these all the elements that have contributed to my rage? Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead and ask you our answer for you because it's yes. It is yes. You're angry because you refuse to feel. You're angry at let's go broad and let's go a little bit on point with what's happening in the world right now. You're angry at a mask mandate because of how your life is going. Mm -hmm. You're angry in the drive-through because your food didn't go right because you don't connect with your husband or your kids said they hated you this morning, or you have to do everything in your house and no one is there for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're going to be angry with somebody. It's going to come out somewhere. It is going to come out somebody somewhere, or it's going to stay inside and it's going to internalize somewhere. Mm. People don't think about the fact that anger is anxiety. Anger is some sort of fear or um, mental manipulation that you're playing on yourself, but it's going to manifest itself in chronic pain. It's going to Mm. manifest itself as chronic fatigue. It's going to manifest itself in ailments that drag you down to the ground. Mm. And the only way to get rid of it is to honestly let it go and yeah. show your true <laughs> self. You know, right. you have to, and it's, it's not just letting it go. It's not that it's one word. It's acceptance. 
you have to accept it. You have sacrificed yeah. yourself for so long. When are you going to stop? Mm-hmm. When will you choose yourself? When will yeah. you stop choosing other people? And when will you put a boundary in place to say, no, no yeah. longer am I going to be an angry person, whether it is a vocalized angry person like myself at some points in my life, or like a non-vocal angry person before I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. before I had a reason to be a vocally angry person. Right. I pleased everybody else. And then I played the martyr inside Mm -hmm. because I didn't, because I pleased everyone and I was sacrificing myself. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be a perfectionist and you go full on head first into the Brene Brown shame cycle. You go into Mm -hmm. the should have, the would have, the could have, all of that. Um, But when you do that, your empathetic and your emotional intuition goes right out the door with all of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can trust your gut. If you can't even trust to know why you're angry right now. Yeah. Like, are you going off on somebody in a public place because they really made you mad? Did this stranger have an actual impact on your life in this moment? Other than someone who like T-bones your car. Yeah, please. They might need a reason to like (laughs) go off on them because there is a right and a wrong place for anger. There's Mm -hmm. good trouble. There's bad trouble. Mm -hmm. There's a good reason to be angry. And then there's a, there's a not reason to be angry. There's no reason to be mad. Like, you know, like earlier, like girl, calm down. Yeah. The reason you're angry in that moment is because you need a hug or you need to be Mm -hmm. felt and you need to be heard. Um, (laughs) so I've gotten ahead of myself, but I think this is the perfect time. So when you see somebody or when you feel angry and you see anger in life, I was sitting in traffic and then the red, the seas started to part. Everyone Mm -hmm. heard an ambulance. Everyone saw the ambulance. Everyone Mm -hmm. did their part and got over. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I thought, why don't we treat everybody like an ambulance when they're angry? Why don't we give them the space to be heard, to be seen and to get where they're going? And why don't we help them do that? Yeah. Because a lot why, of times we just turn away when someone's angry. We're it's like, hard oh, to look at. Deal with it. Yeah. It is hard to look at. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I've had a very angry weekend. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I needed to hear you and Tyrone. Like I needed <laughs> that in my life because I was sitting there, one going into like the self doubt of doing something new, but also the idea that how can I talk on something that I have felt all day long? Well, you can talk on anything. One because it's a human emotion. Yeah, it's something you're supposed to feel. It's your story. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And two, not everybody needs to know why I was angry at yesterday. I know that's probably right. the first question that people think is because you want to be nosy. You want right. to, you want to, you want to know what happened, but I think yeah. people want to know what happened in like internally deep in your core. I think we, we get those nosy questions because we want to be a helper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard to look at, but we want to help. Yeah. Well, until and, we are in so much pain and so much anger and so much right. trauma ourselves that we can't do anything. Yeah. Well, and I'm the type of person, like I have to have a reason for everything. Like mm-hmm. I have to explain away everything. Like I can't just be, and like, that's something I'm working on because sometimes like you just feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like there doesn't have to be like, well, this did this, did this, did this, did this. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes you just 
feel like this. And until like I stop and like, you know, I have these moments until I stop trying to explain it away because that's me like trying to just like push it down. Like, oh, it was this reason. Okay. Push it away. Sometimes I just need to stop and be like, okay, I'm feeling this. Let's feel it. Let's go through it. And then we're good, you know? Um, and, but yeah, like giving each other space and, um, you know, not having to know the why is Mm -hmm. a, is a big, big part of it. You don't know why the person's in that vehicle rushing towards Mm -hmm. the hospital, but you still help them. You don't know why those sirens are on or you hope that those sirens are on. Thank God, right. you know, like um, you don't know why they're going, but you still want to help unless, um, unless you're just a really sociopathic person, insert right, like, a yawn, not to, yeah. right. Insert like a yawn to weed out the people that have no empathy. Right. Um, but you know, oh, <laughs> Here's the other part of this. So going back to you're in public and there's another coin flip to this, this, this situation. Mm-hmm. So someone's in public and they're angry or someone in your life that you're interacting with is angry and you have been waiting for a reason. You're like, let's go. Okay. <laughs> you get to be angry. I get to be angry too. And I'm going to show you how much more angry I am. I'm going to show you how many more reasons I have to scream in your face. <laughs> or at least I did. And I've done that to a couple of people. And do I regret it? Only once, only once did they okay. not really need it, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, who I going to handle that a lot better. <laughs> you know, like you definitely, yeah. I still had that shame. I still had that because screaming in someone's face isn't who I am. Yeah. Did that person need to be told off? Yeah. But they didn't need to be screamed at. Mm-hmm. They probably just needed a lesson. They probably yeah. just needed a kind person to say, Mm, that joke was really inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't be a mother to everybody, but you can be right. a friend. You can be a kind person. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to be a mother to everybody either. I should say right. that, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, in the long run, telling someone to go after yourself, like it doesn't help in the moment. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how do you avoid that? You look at them with empathy and you, yeah. that's the same thing you have to do for yourself. Like I'm talking a lot about how to deal with other people, but it starts internally. Mm-hmm. It starts with saying, Ooh, I'm a little hot under the collar because let me also put into a scenario that someone very close in my life grew up in a situation where, um, they were raised by someone with a violent hand. They were raised by someone who showed anger and not a lot of love. Um, but the other person did the other, the other parent did. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was a lot of mixed signals going on, but the one thing that was clear for this person is anger is never what I want to default to. And in fact, if I block out everything, I will never be angry. Mm -hmm. If I just completely shut my mouth, if I stay at ground zero all the time, I won't be angry. But I had to tell this person who I love very deeply that they were sacrificing a lot of their life and a lot of their joy, a lot of their happiness at the risk of being angry. Mm -hmm. I said, but look at your timeline and look at the times in general or a specific, look at the times specifically where you let anger slip through, right? I, you let this happen is how you're going to tell yourself mm-hmm. it happened. Yeah. Um, but 
you didn't let anything happen. You had a human moment, but you stifle all the rest. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, at the end of the day, guess what still got through? Guess what emotion and what feeling you showed everybody at the end of the day, instead of all the other good ones, you showed your ass. Mm -hmm. You showed your tail either by not communicating and not making what you didn't do by being silent is you didn't validate the person in front of you. You did not make them feel seen or heard. And you're doing exactly to them what you feel, Yeah. whether you know it or not. And on the other side of that coin, because there are lots of ways to be angry and a lot of ways to cope. If you're screaming at somebody, you need to scream at yourself. Mm. Not really. You need to love yourself. Yeah. Right. That's what Mm -hmm. you really need to do. So that's what I tried to explain to this person in all of the loving (laughs) terms that you can as a mirror to someone that you love, but they looked at me and they were like, Oh wow. Yeah. I'm just angry. I'm just angry. Yeah. I, you know, I was like, when do you feel happiest? And they answered honestly. And they said, when I'm watching YouTube and I was like, Oh no, (laughs) no. that's not a happy time in your life. You should be rejuvenated, energized everything by everything in your life. (laughs) You know, like I also look at the people in my life that spend a lot of time online and you're missing out and -hmm. you're so angry by other people, but we're going into a time in our life. And that's also why I felt called to talk on this is because so many people are choosing to doom scroll. So many people are choosing whether they know it or not out of their unconscious to be an angry person and Mm -hmm. to hold on to this anger, to, to either stay in grief, if that's what we want to call it. If Mm -hmm. they're not angry, they're in grief. Yeah. They're somewhere in denial. They're somewhere in bargaining. They're somewhere in probably in anger. That's why we're here Mm -hmm. today. You know, thank (laughs) you for coming to my Ted talk. So, um, when they're doing that, they're just choosing anger. And to those people, I want to say, um, I'm going to cry again because I'm got to quote one of my favorite (laughs) people in the world. She means so much. Oh, she has a really hard story too. But even through everything she went through, she still, to this day, shares with everybody these two words, just choose joy, Mm. choose it every day. Yeah. That's why it gets so hard because you look at the world and it's so angry Mm -hmm. and we're both type twos. So I know I'm speaking to my person. as a helper, it's really, really hard to have coped through being an angry person and to know that I wasn't a helper. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even close. I did Mr. Rogers a disservice. I wasn't a helper <laughs> to somebody. Um, you know, I held tight to all of these women in my life and my mind that I thought were fighters. And I used all of their attributes in the wrong way. And the, in the idea that I was making an identity for myself. I did a disservice to everyone around me and myself by holding on to so much. You've got to let it go. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yep. So if my NPR voice gets to anybody in that message, I hope that's what you take away from it. (laughs) You have to accept yourself because honey, you are beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're not an angry person. You've been through some shit. That's all. Absolutely. That's all. It has a name. You got to name and then you can move on. Yeah. And, um, 
I told my mom, <laughs> I told my mom I was going to be on here. Like you always do when you have some sort of, <laughs> of accomplishment, course. you need yeah. validation Guess for an what, accomplishment. Mom? <laughs> yeah. Hey Joe, what's up? <laughs> um, so I was talking to my mom and she was like, what, uh, what's this? What? That's not how my mom talks at all. And she's probably going to listen to this. So I don't want to piss her off, but she goes, um, <laughs> what is this podcast? What are you talking about? And I was like, well, it's my friend Kelsey. And she just loves that Everybody has a story. And she goes, love it. And then she goes, well, what are you talking about? And I was like, anger. And she goes, oh Lord, <laughs> because oh, it was man. equal parts. How is my girl going to talk about this and equal parts? I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Part of it is generational. Yeah, you're raised by people who also hold on to so much, and so mm-hmm. you're not just letting go for yourself. You're going to let go for your mom. You're going to let go for your grandma, your grandparents, your brothers, your sisters. Yeah. And when you do, <clears throat> you are setting an example. Yeah. You you're are changing breaking. the narrative. Absolutely. You're changing that story, and because. Like not to quote Natasha Bedingfield, but the <laughs> chapter is unwritten, you know, still unwritten. honestly, I think that was my graduation song. Please class of 09 at North Harden. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, that um, was a big song in 2009. Cause I'm pretty sure it was in like the graduation graduation slideshow for me <laughs> class of 2009. Probably. So, uh, Lexi jewel or anyone else from the uh, FACS <laughs> class of 2009, y'all let me know if I'm right or not. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just like full on went into a memory relapse of like, Oh nine. Like I just wanted to say it. (laughs) Oh my God. That core memory was unlocked. (laughs) It was. Yes. It came full forward. And also because I had just talked about, I mean, you know, the person before her name is Megan Cable and her husband, Mike, they are the ones that say choose joy. Yeah. And she's somebody who was my freshman year WKU roommate. So like, oh, yeah. oh she saw it all and <laughs> loved me through it. And not only yeah. her, but anybody that's encountered me in my life and is still present in one way or another. Like we right. have people that we meet along the road and those facets, of course, get um, a little bit more dynamic now that we're able to engage on internet mm-hmm. platforms and things like right. that. So there are people in my life that are there at a distance. And to them, Mm -hmm. I say, hi, I see you. (laughs) I'm so glad you're still here. And if you're listening, I'm glad that you get to see that I've grown. Mm -hmm. And because I've seen that you've grown and I'm really proud of you, you know, like, I I think that's what we need to say to people. Everyone is, I am so proud of you Mm -hmm. in those little moments because we're all seeking validation and why not give it if it's worthy? Why not give it if it's the right time, or even if it's what you feel like the wrong time, probably the mm-hmm. best time to do it. <laughs> like if you feel yeah. awkward in the moment, it's because something needs to be done. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. you feel those things and your intuition is screaming at you. You have to trust it. Don't just let the the rage and the fire come to the forefront. You got to let the kindness and those soft parts of you come forward too, because mm-hmm. so, those are the best parts. Those yep. are the parts that get you friends. Those are the parts that get you a chosen family. One of the best things you can have in this life, people that chose you and you chose them. Mm -hmm. How freaking cool. It feels, and it feels good too. It feels so good. Like we both started (laughs) smiling, like freaking just like we're We're beaming because we're we're both thinking of these people and we're both thinking of the people that we have opened ourselves to that. We've let see that little crystal statue, the best parts of us, the part that shines. And I, um, I pulled my notes from when I read 
the gift of imperfection by Brene mm-hmm. Brown, because I had full Shout on seven pages. Brown. Oh my gosh. If you don't listen to her podcast, if you don't listen to right. her on Instagram, <laughs> if you have not read her books, if you would not have not re- looked at her Ted talk, like do it please now, go all of them, do it now. After you watch Roseanne, go do that. I know I'm giving yeah. you homework. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's just good um, homework. Yeah. Like I, that's the other part too, is another part. I really like part of my anger now is towards myself because I'm not doing enough is what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. You are not doing enough. You are enough as you're you are. Right. Yep. And, um, that's been part of my anger. And then believe it or not, the show making it has really helped that because yes, all of the so people, on, all the people on that show, I looked and I, I had an internal monologue and I was like, not a single one of them are angry. <laughs> the great British baking show. Do they have just their moments? Joy. Oh my gosh, yes. But they the are meringue just happy fell. to be alive. Oh, yeah. yes. Devastating. I know. I said it's a, like, it's, it has a soggy bottom. Devastating. It has a soggy bottom. <laughs> I know the triggers. I know I felt and so much anxiety. I do love that old Greg is one of the hosts of that show. Like, truly, truly. <laughs> honestly, if I ever like, if they ever invited an American and I was the one that they chose out of all the millions better all options. Would, that's all I would talk about is I'm old Greg. Like that's I all would. I would be able <laughs> I would. I would do a full on cake of them sitting in a boat. Like, you right. know. Right. But oh so get, it, get us in a shoe. Yes. Bailey's is no boat. Um Bailey's, yes. Yeah. So I pulled my notes on Brene Brown because there was one quote and it almost like it got me good. That's where I started mm-hmm. to really cry. And I wrote next to it, next tattoo idea, but it was that the light comes from within that you need to think of yourself as stained glass. You need Ooh. to think of yourself as a window with all of these different broken pieces pulled back together for something incredible. Have you ever looked at a piece of stained glass in a church or, you know, I I really don't like that. It's only available in churches because it should be available to everyone. Beauty and the beast. I mean, look at those. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) If you ever truly look at them, it's, it's intrinsic, it's Mm -hmm. detailed. And so are you, you Mm -hmm. have facets, you have pieces that have been broken. And quite frankly, someone in your life probably thought you were irreparable. Or you thought that about yourself, hmm. but you're not, you're never too broken because that doesn't exist. Yep. You're never not enough because you have everything in you, mm-hmm. but you're stifling it, honey. Yeah. And you don't need to. Nope. Never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever. Right. Yeah. You're not, you're not lazy. You need a boundary. That's what I told myself hey, the other that's day. Good. <laughs> That I was is like, good. I was like, no, 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 no. You are not lazy because you didn't get this project done that you wanted to do. You right. needed a boundary to set, mm-hmm. to say, I need more time for me instead yep. of doing something for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know what? I got angry at myself. And then I said that, and it went away because I gave it a name and I we love growth. We love growth. <laughs> I am planning like, oh my gosh, you want to talk about next tattoo idea. I have long since had a love affair with the tattoo industry. And when mm-hmm. you did that one on tattooing, I was so excited and I loved it. Yeah. Of course. Um, that's really the whole reason I wanted to be on here is just like, give you all of this praise because you deserve it. <laughs> oh my God. You're so, you're so sweet. But yeah, I mean, I've gone through all my notes and I've said what I have to say. It's just, I hope at the end of all of this, people just love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Take it in stride. 
Yeah. You got to well, take it um, moment by moment. Oh, the questions. The, That's right. Well, no, I mean, you, you answered them as you were going. So that worked Oh, did I? Yeah. It, and I, <laughs> I had a feeling that you would. That's why I kind of was just like. You know, we'll just let mm-hmm. it go. And that's kind of want to know what they were, though. <laughs> um, I'll, t- I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Um, uh, but but yeah, like that's it's funny because, you know, like we've been, I guess, like connected, like mm-hmm. nobody can see like the air quotes here, but yeah. connected like um, we both were PJs at uh, sorry photojournalism majors for those right. of we you were that not, didn't go to WKU. We were not pajamas. I am not a cat. You know what I mean? I am I mean? not like, a pajama. Yeah, right. I am not oh. a pajama. <laughs> um, but we were both photojournalism majors at Western Kentucky University. And that is where we met. I don't remember when we met, how we met, where we met. But really, we, the story of my life with so many people. in contact with each other. Um, and we've just kept in touch like we are both big Disney fans and yeah. so that that I that we probably that was probably one of our first conversations was something Disney related and uh-huh. then it just honestly because like, it was the identity that I stuck to most honestly yeah, same, <laughs> look same. at me look behind me it's still <laughs> right, there yeah. you know well um, and you're living in Florida now right yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of how I um another advice to anybody just a little sage wisdom move out of your hometown I was so scared yeah. But you need to, and sometimes it's good to go back. But you go yeah, back with lessons. Sometimes you go back, and that's fine, right? Exactly. Oh yeah, I'm and definitely going to be going like back to the to next biggest town over. You know, mm-hmm. like, but like that's fine. It's not like, oh well, you know, I just moved five miles another. That's fine. You moved somewhere that you're not as familiar with. Yeah, somewhere that like requires you to grow. And yeah, somebody, it does exactly. Yeah, it requires and, you to grow. Yeah, and when um when you know, I I first like announced that I got divorced or not announced, but like told people, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, they were like, Oh, sorry. I just imagine confetti. Pockets <laughs> right. and you were I like, know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no, <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> it's not like that. It's definitely not confetti poppers. Y'all uh, like <laughs> maybe it is. It's fine. Um, a little, it's fine. A little, a little confetti here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first started talking about that, people were like, Oh, so you're moving back to Memphis. And I was like, I mean, I didn't move here for him. Right. Like I stayed here because we were together, but like, that's not why I moved here. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I mean, I moved from, from Bowling Green to Glasgow. Cause you know, I work in Glasgow. I'd been working yep. in Glasgow. Um, and so, you know, I didn't have a reason to have a community more and even just doing that, the growth that is like, that I've seen in myself, like just being in a totally new environment and like having to go out and do things and learn different areas of town and like find new favorite places and stuff. Like that's a lot of growth. And I really appreciate going back to Memphis now. And, you know, um, I appreciate where I'm from and I see the lessons in like the different stages of my life Mm -hmm. instead of just being so like wrapped up in it. Um, Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I just felt like that's what I needed to do. And I give people that advice all the time, even if it is like a, Bowling Green to Glasgow type of thing that's fine but like like move somewhere like take the chance and do it and I've there's a few friends that I have that um are um in the middle of moving or they're planning a move um they're you know looking for jobs other places and stuff and I'm just like yeah do it yes I was about to say I'm so excited for them because it is exciting it's a whole nother book in your shelf like when you move away and you come home and my husband tried to explain this to me because he was in the military and went places like went overseas lived in Alaska he was literally could not go home if he tried when he lived in Alaska Mm -hmm. so he told me, you know, when you move away and you come back, it's even better than when you live there because you give yeah. people an opportunity to miss you. But right. for me more so it's, 
I get to step away from the things that felt bad. I got Mm -hmm. to step away from all of those things that were negative for me because when Mm -hmm. I was there, it was all coping. Right. It was all trying to figure out like I'm growing and that's scary, but I was growing with people who had expectations for me, who probably didn't validate me like Mm -hmm. I needed. And instead I removed myself from that environment, Mm -hmm. put myself in something incredibly scary and grew Mm -hmm. even more than I ever thought I would. And I did it in one of the coolest places. Like, yes, Florida is wild. Everything (laughs) you've heard is true. Everything you've heard is true. Um, But I also accept the fact that I bought my first leopard pair of pajamas. Like I have rattan (laughs) shoes. Like I'm fully embracing the lifestyle and I'm loving it because there is a wild life to Florida in that and it's, it was very quick to catch on. I don't know that a lot of people living here think of it this way, but it's true. When I look around, people are either in complete turmoil because the hurricane is coming and our lives may end at any second, like literally any second during the hurricane season, a tropical storm could go to a category two, three, four, boom, like that. And then right. you're like hurricane prep. Let's get the dogs, get the cats. Yeah. Let's go. Um, or it's incredibly sunny like it is right now. And you can go to the beach and you can go kayaking and you can go enjoy your life. So you're either dying or you're enjoying your life. And that's why Florida is freaking wild because we're either zero to 100 real quick. (laughs) Hi, Drake. Hi. You want to talk about a shout out? That's the one. Shout out Aubrey Graham. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Yeah. uh, What part of Florida are you in? We are in a little gem called Gulf Breeze. It is a little bit to the never eat sour watermelon. It's to the east of Pensacola. (laughs) I have to say it, guys. Sorry. I still have to do my left for my right, too. So (laughs) no shame. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit to the east of Pensacola. And it's just this quiet little town. One of the beach we go to all the time on the adorable Florida sign, it says most relaxing beach. And I'm like, you ain't kidding, honey. I love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. I love it too. Our community so intertwined with each other, like getting on the next door app in Kentucky. (laughs) Oh Lord. I had to delete the app. It stressed me out. Oh yeah, me too. too. And then we got here and we're part of an HOA now, not to like elder millennial brag, Ooh. but, um, it's not much. I'm trying to get on the board <laughs> so that I can get a pool installed. Yes. Um, but so then we got here and the HOA was like, we are very active on next door. That's how we like to communicate with each mm-hmm. other. That's how we find lost pets. And I was like, boom, lost pets. You got me. Yep. You um, said something about an animal I'm in. Yep. And it's, yes, it's wild. Yes. Next door is a lot. It's mainly like is this snake going to kill me? Um, like, Hey, a solicitor is trying to sell solar panels again. (laughs) I thought I thought that only because I saw a truck drive by literally. (laughs) Um, but no, it's just, it's such a cool place to live and in doing so. And in having this new work family that I have, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I, you know, you take this risk, especially with a new job, this goes out to your friends that are searching if they're listening, because it's such a scary process. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're about to go across state lines for something that's going to pay your bills and feed your family, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're going into an environment that's going to serve you. And that is going to be a blessing for you, not Mm -hmm. something that's going to make your life worse. It's the last thing you want. Yeah, for sure. So when I moved down here, I was like, 
thankful because I had already had three months teleworking from Kentucky. Thank mm-hmm. you. Not, I thought I would never say these words. Thank you. 2020, because <laughs> that was what gave me my position was the ability yeah. to work from home hmm. during that time. And then when I moved down here, I got to meet all of these wonderful people yeah. in person as we set up like uh, meetings and things like that. And they have very quickly become people that I love yeah. deeply. Um, I've never had a work family that has been this close, but I've never been this vulnerable with people either. I love that. I've never had the opportunity because I never gave it to myself. Yeah, I never seized it. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to put in the work. You're going to be a lovable person, Yeah. but you just have to open that because everywhere your people are everywhere, Absolutely. but not everyone's going to be your people absolutely yeah I had to learn so, that lesson the hard way yes I still we all have to do be reminded of that lesson mm-hmm. but you know yeah. like but that's you're right that's very important I love that yeah, if you're surrounding yourself by the wrong people too you're mm-hmm. sacrificing yourself so yeah. surround yourself by your people and then you're going to thrive and then you're going to be able to do all the things that you love and you care about absolutely well Thank you so much again for joining me today. This was amazing. I hope everyone else loved it as much as I did. I'm sure they will because it was wonderful. Um, but I, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, as we've talked about being vulnerable and opening up and uh, it was so special. Yes. Thank you so much. I have appreciated this. If not just like, it's a little bit of therapy always to share your yeah. story with someone else. Yeah. One of my, one of my friends, uh, always refers to the podcast as therapy from a distance. So. It is. It is. <laughs> yes. I heard that. Uh-huh. And I, that was one of those moments I expected to do this a lot more, but it was one of those moments where in real life you say, yes, uh, <laughs> I that's love that. exactly it. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening as always for sharing on social media, subscribing to the podcast, leaving me ratings and reviews. I greatly appreciate it. And until next week, y'all have a good time.